Thriving with Technology with August Bryce. It's the Tech Wellness Podcast, conversation and information designed to bring balance to your relationship with technology. Here's August. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Thriving with Technology. And hello, Hallister. Hey. How you doing? Am I your new sidekick? I think so. I I like it. I've been your sidekick for a few years now. You're my announcer, so you might as well be my sidekick. How's it going? I'd like to introduce you to August Bryce. I love that. I love the way that you say that. Say it again. August Bryce. August Bryce. Yes, that's me. And we have a great show today. We're about to get all ready for this cyber sleuthy. Yes. Cyber sleuthy is a new word that August just coined. I think I'm on here actually because I am sort of the more techno geek person in the relationship. I mean, you're pretty geeky, I have to say. Thank you. I have probably just a slightly higher version of geekiness than you do. So I'm I'm geeky 2.0. Yes. You're my early adopter, right? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We had Macs before Macs were Macs. We had the original Macs. (laughs) When when Apple was at 15. Mm. Oh, thank you for reminding me of that error. (laughs) Okay. This is a a sidebar story that should be known publicly. And I'm glad that we're finally going to talk about this right now because August came to me one day when Macintosh was on its knees. I mean, this was, you know, no Steve Jobs. They were using those weird big boxes that were being supplied by third parties and they were selling their chips elsewhere. And yet they were all over our office. Yet we owned all of them. I think we bought all of the ones that were available. We just got all of it. Just bring it out. We had a sizable advertising agency back then. Right. And I, and you know, I, I recall spending $5,000 in 1990s money for a printer that could print like two pages a minute and f- had four fonts. It was ridiculous. <laughs> we mean, can talk. We can tell you about the days. But, but anyway, anyway no, the funny no, part was. No, no, the, here's the point of this. And the reason that I'm even here, Mia culping it right now, is that August came to me that one day and said, I'm thinking about buying some uh, Apple stock for the girls' college accounts, the girls who have now graduated from college. And I said, I don't know. I said, I think it's great for advertising people and, you know, maybe some teachers, but I just, you know, their market share is so low. I just don't see them maybe even getting through all this. I mean, it's just going to be horrible. And the stock that day, as I have been reminded on numerous occasions since, was at 14. By the way, what's the Apple stock at today, honey? Do you even know? I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah. And it's been up and it's been, it's up and split and up and split and up and but split. But anyway, your, your devoted wife who just hangs on your every word, Did paid attention. No, yeah. Okay, no. that was the first time, but that's good. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy that you pay attention to me, but I'm not happy about the, uh, about that stock pick because that would have been really great. We wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Or if we were doing the podcast, we'd be doing it from a, our own private tropical island somewhere. Anyway, how did we get into that subject? Because we were talking about Apple, that I'm an early adopter. Mm, yes, that, that, right, that's right, right, right. true. That's okay, true. So let's get back to, back yes, to the business at hand. The right? business at hand. So uh, today we're going to talk about something I think is super fascinating. I mean, you've seen the movies, you know, going back years now, and you've heard, you've read stories about people who are like hackers, cyber sleuths who can just sort of, if they want to, jump on into your computer system or into your phone and just suck all the information out and know everything there is to know about you. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I bet that's not true. It's scary to even think about, isn't it? I mean, I don't want somebody rummaging through my private drawers or reading my journal. And that's, 
that's kind of how it feels to me. Well, I've rummaged through your private drawers and you're right. But anyway, let's just be frank. Those people who can get into your computer and see whatever's on there actually exist. Yeah, they're out there. And actually this uh, podcast is August interviewing two of them, Brian Neumeister and Matt Erickson. Brian is her cyber security expert on techwellness.com and uh, Matt works with him. And so together they're part of USA Forensic based out in Phoenix and they work for, I mean, like you name it, government agencies are doing stuff for the Navy, the court systems and private attorneys also hired them to sort of hack and extract information from all kinds of digital devices, computers, laptops, pads, security cameras, just all kinds of stuff. They're the people who can go in and tell you what stuff is being said. They can enhance the audio when you just thought it was a mumble. They can pull out the real the real audio there. Uh, they do amazing things. They do. And today they're going to talk to me about how easy it is for them, as Matt says, to see everything. And he says it a lot. And under what conditions, it's hard for them to see anything at all. Right. It's either all or nothing, it seems like somewhat, right? So I have a hint for you because you don't want to sit and listen to this fascinating podcast, which would be your loss, I might, I might add. You might, at the end of the podcast, though, wind up going out and buying yourself a new phone after you hear this. Not right. kidding. And the reason we originally got them on the show was to discuss the new contact tracing capability to help slow the spread of COVID-19. Our iPhone and Android smartphones are getting that capability first through what's called an API. So what is an API, you might ask, Hal? I well, did. I'm happy to tell you. <laughs> it stands for Application Program Interface. And we actually use it in development in our agency all the time. It's uh, it's a way to sort of use the capability from one application on another, a website or app or digital device like a smartphone. So technically speaking, it's not really an app yet. If you've downloaded uh, that update on your software, it's really just an API at this point. However, this API has a ton of privacy concerns. 38 attorneys general have signed a letter sent to Apple and Google. Now they want only government health agencies to be able to use this capability because they're concerned about how sensitive medical information can fall into the wrong hands, not to mention everybody you've come close to. It was a simple question that we called to ask. Uh, should we skip the software update? <laughs> In iPhone land, it's uh, 13.5.1. So check your phone and see if it's updated itself or you've updated it. And that was the question because 13.5.1 is where they add the contact tracking API information, right? But it's complicated because 13.5 actually has some security issues aside from that, which you'll get into. Right, we'll hear about that. So to update or not to update, to turn it off or turn it off, to use that app or not use that app, we have all kinds of decisions to make if we want to be smart users of technology. And we're faced with new ones practically every single day. Don't you think, Halister? Oh, absolutely. So the question is, should we be worried? And I have to say that I was the guy who never worried in the past, but I am <laughs> I not that guy. I have to say guy. that's correct. I am not that guy now. <laughs> And it's not just after this podcast, but I mean, when I look at the stuff that August looks at every day and, and uh, stay up on what she's doing, uh, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of questions that people have been asking on the website and on the YouTube channel about this particular software update. So uh, we thought the best thing to do was to get you guys in touch with the real experts, the guys who do this for a living, who break into your phone. <laughs> Here's my conversation with Brian and Eric from USA Forensic. I'm so excited to have Matt Erickson and Brian Neumeister, the cyber team from USA Forensic. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Good. I always like to talk about some really fascinating thing that you're working on right now. Is there anything that we can talk about today that's exciting? Have you taken apart any phones recently to find something fascinating? 
generally speaking, uh, you know, we're using the the exploit to jailbreak iPhones to get a lot more data than what the standard forensic processes can give us. And it's way, way more data. And those are phones that are on uh, older hardware and older operating systems. It's, oh. it's kind of scary what you can see. You can see which applications were opened and, and where they were opened from. If it was, you know, the home screen or if it was running in the background, you opened it from there. And, you know, there, there's a lot of new details we have access to now. Now, you said on older operating systems. So does that mean if we keep updating, maybe we can keep people who might want to find out our business from finding out our business if we keep updating? That's true in anything newer than an iPhone 10. iPhone 10s, even on the latest operating system, are still vulnerable to the exploit, or for the jailbreak rather. And the, the newer phones and the newer software combined are really, really the best thing for you. The main reason that we talk about this on Tech Wellness is because I want people to feel really comfortable that their phone is their phone and not somebody else's information. You know what I mean? So tell me if we do continue to keep our updates, because in part of our recommendations from you, Brian, we talk about how important it is to keep updating our phones so that hackers can't get into them. So Matt just talked about how easy it was with this new whatever software, hardware you guys have to look to see really, really incredible specifics about what people do on their phones. So if we keep updating, can we keep the hackers away? The idea of an, of an update is a couple of things. One is to plug leaks in the ship, so to speak. Uh, the second would be to add new uh, abilities to a phone. So the idea with an update is to limit the amount of access people have to your operating system. So with each new update, you're plugging exploits. However, people are always working on new exploits. So it's a continuing battle. Yeah, that's exactly right. Currently, if you have an iPhone newer than the Model 10, then you you definitely want the latest operating system. Currently, that is not uh, vulnerable to the exploit. However, iPhone 10 and older, regardless of the operating system, those can still be jailbroken without really much effort at all. So Matt, this leads us to the whole controversy. And there is a controversy going on about 13.5.1 because of the new contact tracing. Apple and Google have both said is not actually an app, but an API. Correct. It requires the it requires an official app to function properly, which up to this point, there has not been one released for this country. So those settings are visibly disabled by default within uh, iOS 13.51 and newer. Okay. So right now, what you're saying is we're safe from anybody using that API inappropriately. I don't know if that's a guarantee, but... Yeah, safe's a relative term. I mean, the genie's been let out of the bottle. That is available to people to to run with as they please. And once you let a genie out of a bottle, there's no telling where it's going to end up. So somebody who probably shouldn't be doing what they're doing could use that API. And am I referring to it correctly? Yes. Okay. Could use that API to install something on some phone to find out something that they really shouldn't be sharing. It's a possibility. Um, I, I think it would probably be a while before something like that's developed, but the, the code framework is there. So I, I think it's only a matter of time. The other thing is what, who who really wants something like this? Uh, law enforcement, of course, would, would love to have it because you could literally see who's hanging out with who if you're doing drug interdiction or something like that. The question is, does everybody want somebody looking at where they are and who they're with? A lot of apps kind of do that anyway. They track your habits, like you know, Foursquare and those kind of apps mm-hmm. track uh, you know where you go using the data for regional advertising. 
the question is how much of your privacy do you want to give away? I think is, is the point here. And so how much of my potential privacy would I be giving away if I did the update? By the way, I'm still on 13.3 and I'm very happy there for now because I understand with 13.5, you're very vulnerable. And so if you are on 13.5, you should update to 13.5.1. One thing that's important to know is it depends which model iPhone you're using and which software revision you're using or version you're using because each one has, uh, you know, as Matt just said, the newer iPhones are, are, are less vulnerable than the older ones. And it depends. There's so many variables here. It's such an interesting field. It depends on what you mean by vulnerable and who's after you to get what because it does take some handshake between an app and a phone that, uh, especially on a jailbroken phone, to access stuff that you have that's private. Yeah, so 13.3 version iOS is vulnerable to an exploit for jailbreaking on every model except the iPhone SE Generation 2. Mm. Uh, All other models running that iOS uh, can be jailbroken. And jailbroken phones are going to give you, you know, a lot more access to databases that are otherwise not accessible on a standard forensic process. So, you know, if if law enforcement gets your phone, they're going to be able to jailbreak it very easily and see pretty much everything that happens on your phone and everything you've done and in your passwords and and everything like that. Okay, so technically, what does jailbreak mean? And who can do Uh, a jailbreak? Basically, it's just an altered version of the operating system, to put it simply. It it opens up, it tears down security walls, basically, so software can run and and do things that otherwise was not permitted to do. Can anybody Uh, jailbreak my phone? Can somebody get into my phone without holding on to it and jailbreak it? There's not a method I'm aware of currently that would allow that to happen. It's it's a, a method that they have to have your phone in hand to do that. Okay, that makes me feel a little better. Another quick thing is you can set your data port, you know, in such a way that it is not transmitting data unless it's unlocked. So uh, that's an important thing to do on the newer iPhones. Hey, can we put that tip uh, on a blog? Can you send that to me? Uh, Like a a step-by-step how to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Great. And also you were talking, I'd really like to make this easy for everyone. So can we get some sort of chart or schematic showing if you have this iPhone, you should be doing this, this version, because you said all the versions were different. Uh, yes, that's correct. And uh, there's a snippet of what I sent yesterday that I'm happy to provide that's uh, hosted publicly on a, a Reddit page that um, is used directly by one of the big forensic tools that we use. I'm shy about updating to 13.5.1 because I feel like it's opening up for not somebody who might jailbreak my phone, but just like for my health insurance company to eventually know something about me that probably should be private. Well, there's a way to shut off the actual Bluetooth update that they installed. And I think we can send you a a map or a a graphic of that. You mean just how to turn off auto updates? Is that what you're saying? know how to turn off that particular kind of vulnerability for Bluetooth that if that if they do have a national app, uh, app they can use the iOS update with, uh, there is a way to shut that particular piece of data down. We will and do we- that as well. Great. Okay. But like you said, Ryan, before, if it gets into the hands of the wrong person or the wrong, you know, mega developer, and they somehow can access this information because of this new API that was put in, what's like a, something that could happen to just about anybody? Well, I mean, again, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, as it always is when new technology comes out. That's just the nature of the business. It's really kind of a Pandora's box. There's no way to tell how it can be used at this point, but there is a way to shut it off with the current operating system. Even if somebody does download an app, there's a, a current way you can shut 
it down and, and we'll send you a, a graphic on that so that it's very easy for people to make sure that even if they do get the app, that they're not transmitting their data. Okay, this is interesting because at this point, I'm not updating. But as I get more information, this is what I've told you know my community. If you're unsure about it, give it some time. Let's get all the information on the table. Let's find out other people's experiences because as these things roll out, generally, you know, within a month, you know all of the, what are they? They're not... Uh, well, they're booked. I mean, very often in the computers, uh, you know, for example, if you're running a Windows or you know, a Mac computer, you're going to get mm-hmm. constantly updates. It's best usually to wait a bit, especially on Windows updates, to see what the community out there thinks of the update. Because with every change, there are programs that may not interact well with the frame network frame updates or, or something of that nature. So very often programs aren't compatible compatible right away with the update and it might take them a little bit to catch up. So you might not want to update your computer uh, right away to the latest, greatest, uh, until you find out if the com- uh, programs you're running are compatible with the update. And that's going to be pretty apparent by, uh, by what people are saying online. Right, and we're going to get more information about this particular one. And you know what's interesting? I've turned off my auto updates. I typically do not ever go on Wi-Fi, so that's a good thing, but I do connect to the internet. My auto update hasn't come through. However, I've had several people comment on the post that I said, hey, be careful about auto updating to 13.5.1, tell me that their phone auto updated even though it was disabled. The auto update function was disabled. Have you heard about that? And is there anything we can do to prevent it just in case? I have heard about that. Um, I I have seen many cases where people are very unhappy about that. Um, They confirmed that their auto updates are off and they did get the update. Um, What happened and how can we stop it? How can we tell people to stop it? And how come I'm so lucky that it hasn't auto updated? I suspect it's the people that are already on 3.5 that are getting pushed to 3.51. Because this isn't confirmed, but I suspect it's because Apple deemed the update critical Mm -hmm. to patch the new vulnerabilities. I I think that's just something they push through for people that are on the, the preceding operating system. Now, the workaround would obviously be if you turn off your Wi-Fi and you're on LTE data, you turn off your LTE data. So it's just for voice. Um, you're shutting down your, your data in and out over your phone system. There's a way to do that inside, a very simple way to just switch off what the, the phone does. Uh, it was originally put there for people that had limited data plans, uh-huh. but it's also a good way to shut down stuff from coming into your phone because it, it just is up for communication. Okay, and so what will I lose if I turn that off? Literally any data from text to whatever coming in. Okay, so am I taking away too much functionality? If you're using your phone as a phone and you're out there driving or whatever, you know, that's that's one thing or you're out there. This is one thing I think we do just because we are in this uh, field is we shut down Wi-Fi and Bluetooth when we're not using it. I mean, we don't walk out the street with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on. It just... It's senseless. You're, you're just a beacon. So um, it's um, it's kind of a lifestyle choice. It's it's very simple to do. It's like picking up your car keys. You just do it before you walk out the door. Exactly. And I do it because I don't want to be exposed to the EMF. Yeah, everybody's got their own reasons. But if you if you want to be reasonably a little bit more secure, turn off your Wi-Fi and Bluetooth while you're walking around. That's a you know I don't connect my iWatch to my Bluetooth except for updates. That's, <gasps> That's another my- important point, Brian. The iWatch it's updating as well, right? Uh, yeah, it should. Uh, they're, they're, the tracker is supposed to be able to work with the iWatch, as I understand it, too. There is no app that will accept or you know will use that new update yet because there's no national app that's been approved. 
for it. So it's just kind of sitting there lurking. But uh, yeah, your iWatch is is just as much of a uh, you know a beacon as your phone is in many cases. Can I read you one of the comments uh, from someone who was very frustrated because they got an auto update? Sure. Okay. So this is part of the comment. Uh, she says, I check my Apple health tab daily to make sure the CV tracking remains off. I'm aware that it's just the API, though I don't trust them. So do you think it's important after you've downloaded it to check your Apple health tab every day to make sure it's not running some, somehow in the background? There's definitely no harm in checking. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be any possibility for it to be enabled or, or functioning until that national app is is released to the public. And no one knows when that's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, there, there's no harm in checking. You know, you just go through your, your health settings and uh, make sure the, the COVID tracking is disabled. It's got Every day, just yep. in case. That's what she's doing. And then she says, when I go out, I have changed my normal behavior where I used to use my iPhone for many things like notes, lists, calendar, store, coupon, apps, etc. Instead, I've invested in a Faraday bag and I put my cell phone on airplane mode and in my bag, which is awesome. She got one of my bags and, and you guys use a Faraday every day as well. And that's how I roll. But it's really interesting because as I read this, because this is the way I operate, because I read it from somebody else, I think, oh my gosh, really, the problem is it's not our phone, it's their phone. It's you know what I mean? It's like, it's Apple's phone. She's got, a, she can't use it for notes and lists because she understands now it really isn't her information. It could be anyone's information. I think people forget to read the EULA agreements and we're all guilty of that because for example, if you upload a photo to Facebook or to any app like that, they own it. And that's in the EULA agreement. It, it mm-hmm. could end up on a billboard and you have no rights to it depending on right. which app. So these are things you, you know, you have to understand, but in general, I think just one of the things when you're mentioning the health app there in forensics, it, when you're doing a, a cell phone, the most data is going to be in the health app. The, the thing that takes the longest is the health app just eats up data on your phone. And Matt, why don't you, you, you deal with that every day. Why don't you walk through that? Yeah, it, it, uh, it processes steps and, and, uh, you know, flights climbed mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. uh, heartbeat and, and all that. And that amount of data is just massive on a device. I think the quantity of entries is really what, what takes it so long to process. But it, when you have that enabled, it is tracking as much as it can track at all times. Yeah. And so let's really quickly, you go into settings and you scroll down and you find the health app and you disable. Is there anything other than that to do? Um, that should cover it. But, but this person looks every day just to make sure it isn't somehow toggled on, which is interesting because sometimes things just update automatically. And all of a sudden you're looking and you're like, wait, I didn't have Siri on for anything and now Siri's on for everything. It's crazy how it kind of is out of our control. Literally every time there's a computer update, I go through my privacy on my computer and spend 20 minutes making sure that everything is shut down because there's so many ways they want to grab data from you, from browsers to to whatnot. But every time you do an update, they usually want to reset all the privacy settings. And that's the first thing you've got to do is go through that. That's just nature of the beast. Exactly. And that's why, as a rule, I don't auto-up and I turn auto-update off on everything. Uh, but then I go in and I look and I go, oh, hey, it says that Instagram needs an update. And so, of course, I want to update Instagram uh, because I just want to make sure that they're protecting my safety to as to whatever extent they, they can, you know. And so, I'll do the update and then I'll find that 
other things are affected. It's yeah, crazy. It's very much that way with computers. Uh, and I say for Windows users, for me, uh, net framework updates have always been the thing that causes issues with the type of programs we run. And um, that's just something that the developers for forensic materials aren't huge companies, so they don't often get the uh, framework to work with be, you know, before it comes out or very shortly before it comes out. So there's always some catch up and lag time. So you don't want to be updating until that's patched by the manufacturer of the forensic uh, software. Right. And now, and we're talking about iPhone, but actually this is an Android update as well. And I understand with Android, you didn't even get the opportunity to say, no, don't, don't update. Is that true? I haven't seen the Android uh, version that released that directly, um, but that's, that's what I'm reading as well. It just basically on for Android. Right. It's on. You don't even get a chance to say no. And they're saying, but wait, it's not an app. It's just API. So really quickly define API. It's an application programming interface. And and essentially it's just a way for applications to communicate with data within the operating system. And there's, there are certain functions and, and features built into any operating system. And the API just enables developers to create an application or uh, a function of some sort that communicates with the data stored in the operating system. Okay, so it's all ready for the app. It's for any app that might want to use whatever that uh, secret sauce is that enables the tracking. It's ready. Exactly. So that's kind of scary. Yeah, I want to ask you guys, are you updating? Did you update? Yes. To, you yes. did? Yep. Okay. So what are you going to say to me? Because I didn't update. I'm at 13.3. What, what model phone are you running? I have an XS Pro on 13.3. Three. From my standpoint, your phone's vulnerable to the exploit for jailbreaks at this point. So, you know, if someone did get their hands on your device, um, they can install that jailbreak and basically see everything. Uh, I mean, everything. So, and I'm not so worried about that because, first of all, I don't expect to be picked up. Right. <laughs> I don't expect to be in a situation where anybody has my phone because my phone's typically at home. I don't, it's just the way I use my phone. I don't really yeah. use it that much. And so, I mean, I text and I signal and I proton mail and what's, Hey, Brian, what's the latest uh, app we're, we're supposed to be using other than signal? What's the latest one? Uh, Threema. It's a Threema is what we've switched to. Signal is vulnerable uh, to us. In fact, we can we can actually extract signal at this point. So uh, what it used to have was some uh, some bit of it was sort of elusive to forensic apps. Now is that's no longer the case, depending on a, a number of factors. But let's just say uh, in general that that bridge has been crossed now to to Signal. Okay, so I'm heading over to Threema. So that's how I use my phone. I, it's basically just for texting communication. Uh, you know. I'm- online on my computer. Let me clarify one thing. So it, it doesn't require law enforcement, right, to jailbreak the phone. So if you're walking along and you, you drop your phone on the street by accident, you don't realize it. Um, anybody that's tech savvy can pick up your phone. And if you're on the latest version with your exact model, um, they're not going to be able to, to do a jailbreak and see any of your data. If you are vulnerable to a jailbreak, they can install that very easily. And there's a lot less security holes uh, in, in the later operating system. You know, they're going to they're gonna be able to exploit and see anything, in, you know, just in case you lose your phone. So then I should update to 13.5.1 yeah, is what you're telling me. Correct. Yes. And, and also, you, you know, think of this is that if you have any corporate or, uh, you know, personal data on there, you wouldn't want to share. It would be vulnerable as it is with the up, new update. It wouldn't. That's, you know, 
that's something to know. And of course, you obviously have your face ID off and any kind of, you know, thumb reader on. I can tell you this, like, uh, you know, it, with the, the phones that I do where I jailbreak them to, to get more data, I mean, it, it tells you everything. And if, if you're running a phone that's not able to be jailbroken, um, email is by, de- by default encrypted on the device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just a standard extraction, we can't see email. With oh, the, that's good. Yeah, but with the jailbreak, I mean, it shows you everything. And to that point, it's probably recording anyway, even though I haven't enabled it. No, because it would it would show on the amount of data used in your in your uh, hard drive space or your your drive space basically. If you space. open up your health app and look at your number of steps, if it's showing you steps, and it's definitely recording. Yeah, no, but if no, it's, no. If it's, it's not, not, then it's not running. And you know, I I tell people because people are like, "What Faraday, Faraday?" You know, and it's like it's the GPS. You were saying though, somebody would physically have to have possession of my phone. Correct. To do a job for anybody, somebody, and it wouldn't be, it might not be somebody nice. It might not be the police. It could just be some idiot who's out to get me. Right. Yeah. uh, Corporate espionage would be the, you know, somebody steals your phone and gets your corporate text. That would be something. Okay. And so if I update, won't there be somebody that's creating something that allows that jailbreak on the next update too? Always. Um, okay. So that's in in progress for sure. But there, these days, there's two hurdles for them. It's not just the operating system. There's also encrypted hardware hmm. around the chips that are in the phone. So it's taken them much, much longer these days to get those going. For example, if somebody installed a nanny app or something like that. It also blocks transmission. And don't don't limit yourself to the amount of you know they give you a default amount of uh, of numbers for your password. Add a couple because that requires you use, to use the OK button. Uh, the OK button uh, circumvents the gray key hack, which is a, a long, long way around of saying, if you add a couple numbers to your uh, passcode, like just two numbers, and uh, that's going to make it a lot safer than the uh, standard uh, setup that comes from the iPhone. What about alphabetical? Would you, would you recommend alphabetical over numeric? It's the same. It doesn't really matter. You're just pushing buttons, basically, that an unlock sequence. But if you add to unlock sequence, you're changing the default, which is what most gray key and those kind of cracking apps look for. We have our with more more digits, you'd have to do one more step to open our phones than, than you would with a normal iPhone. Right. I have a long sentence. So <laughs> you're, you're safe then. You're good. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Thanks, you guys. Matt Erickson, Brian Neumeister, USA Forensic. Thank you so much for almost convincing me that I better update to 13.5.1. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Coming soon. Thanks. You've been listening to Thriving with Technology with August Price, a podcast from Tech Wellness. If you enjoyed the show, we hope you'll rate us five stars on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure and sign up for August updates at techwellness.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Tech Wellness.